You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. On Friday, the oil price, the Brent crude oil price closed at around about $115 per barrel. And bear in mind that two years ago, it was around about $10, $11 a barrel. So you can see the enormity of the move that we've seen. But there was another enormous move overnight because Biden and his allies, notably European countries, have been mulling the idea of banning Russian oil imports. And the price spiked to $139 per barrel very briefly. It's come back now to around about $127 a barrel, but still that is so meaningful. With me now is Annabel Bishop, who's the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. And Annabel, it's not your place to talk about geopolitics and to speculate and to uh, offer an opinion on who's right and who's wrong, but it is your job to assess the impact these extraordinary moves from Russia on Ukraine are having on markets and particularly on the South African market. So go ahead. The oil price story is extraordinary, is it not? It is extraordinary, you know, and Lindsay, I wouldn't be surprised if oil does continue to try and move towards $150 a barrel because of the fact that we're not seeing this um, conflict between Russia and the Ukraine proving to be short-lived, like markets expected, like possibly Russia expected. And of course, you know, financial markets now, commodity prices are factoring this in, that it's likely to be a longer invasion, a harsher invasion, could have more broad-reaching consequences. I don't think they're quite factoring in yet a multi-country war. They're not looking at a World War Three scenario as yet as an expected case. But certainly, you know, if we do, obviously, as you've said, um, well, if, if all just to take a quick backtrack, we obviously saw some oil, strategic oil reserves released into markets, and that hasn't helped quell price as much compared to where we are today. So now we obviously are finding ourselves in a situation where if we do see um, the Biden administration get through this ban on imports of fossil fuels from Russia, remember, it's not just oil, obviously, it's gas as well, coal, and that obviously would have an impact. Um, further on these prices. I think, you know, if you have a look at the UK, the UK seems to be less um, keen on a blanket immediate ban. And of course, they're talking about a step down approach to um, fossil fuel imports from Russia. But be that as it may, all of this is very supportive (laughs) for commodity prices. And of course, you know, for South Africa, we would risk seeing a 50% leap in the fuel prices if it well does go to $150 a barrel. And of course, then we would obviously be approaching a petrol price of around 40 rand per litre. So, of course, you know, at a petrol price of 40 rand per litre, that has substantial inflationary consequences. But we do, um, we do we do know that in South Africa, a large proportion of the petrol price is, of course, government taxis and levies. Yes. And if they temporarily suspend those, then we could actually prevent seeing our oil price spike so very high. If we do, unfortunately, see the Brent crude oil price going to $150 a barrel. How much of an important influence is the oil price in the inflation equation? I mean, give us a, a, a very rough breakdown, if you would. I mean, there's obviously the rand, the, the, uh, the strength or the weakness of the South African rand, but energy is a massive part, I would have thought. It is, and um, it's 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 on an indirect basis. On a direct basis, your petrol price only really contributes around 5% to your CPI inflation rate. But of course, if you're going to, and let's say government didn't step in, <laughs> and we did see a um, petrol price suddenly of 40 rand as opposed to 20 rand a litre, if we did go to that extreme, then obviously that would have a very harsh impact on production costs in South Africa, and we'd immediately see very substantial pass-through coming through. 
into you know uh, costs of goods and services in South Africa but of course as well there'd be the impact on consumers on households on people traveling and you know very high fuel prices like that and let's not forget um, food prices either uh, Lindsay with you mm. know South Africa being a net importer of wheat and the impact of course on bread that could lead to social unrest so it is very likely that government would bring in forms forms to help it because you know it's already looking at the petrol price in the latest budget that we had so looking at the government taxes and levies that go into it in order to try and obviously provide some relief already in the face of this escalation in the tensions globally. So I don't think that's something far from their thoughts at the moment. I was seeing a, a story this morning. There's so many different stories and it's difficult for me to filter them uh, to see which are important and which are not. But there was a chap who's a, a head of a, a massive uh, global fertilizer firm and he said that fertilizer inputs uh, are going to be affected by this and therefore food supplies, not just in the United Kingdom, which is where he was based, but also worldwide might be affected. And plus what you said, I mean, the wheat price has risen 75% in the last year, and that's been exacerbated by the recent conflict with between Russia and Ukraine, as Ukraine is a massive, massive producer, and they've banned exports because they need it for their beleaguered people. There are so many different moving parts here, Annabelle. No, they are. I mean, if we look at the figures, you know, Russia and Ukraine together, they account for 30% of global wheat exports. I mean, that's a huge amount of wheat. Yes. But I have been reading that South Africa imports a lot of its wheat from Argentina and from other countries. But be that as it may, you know, from a wheat, uh, from an from a import parity pricing perspective, that, that still implies upward pressure on South Africa's food prices and, of course, on its inflation. It, so, but also, of course, as well, if you look at uh, Russia and Ukraine, they also account for about 14% of global maize exports. But, you know, again, South Africa here does does produce a lot of maize. And, of course, we are a net exporter this time around, instead of a net importer, as we are for wheat. And, in fact, we're looking to see one of our best um, crops this year from maize. Also, of course, as well, from sunflower seeds, soybeans, uh, groundnuts, many other foods. In fact, South Africa is not expected to suffer from food insecurity. Security. We produce the vast majority of our food ourselves. And you were talking about fertilizer in Russia and the Ukraine, um, you know, they account for about 14% of global fertilizer exports. So, you know, well down on, you know, the 30% of maize, for example, or 60% of sunflower oil exports. But, you know, it's still important. And of course, all of these disturbances push up commodity prices, push up fertilizer prices, in turn those then feed through into higher production prices, have indirect effects, and in turn push up inflation. I see Bloomberg's now sees an expectation of about a four percent uh, sorry, about eight percent for um CPI inflation, you know, peaking later and higher in the cycle because of this um, conflict that we're seeing in Russia and the Ukraine. Okay, so where does this leave South Africa? I mean, you, you talk about South Africa having a great crop, and obviously, uh, her, her crop uh, her crops are cyclical um, because of the weather factor and um, and and the rand. But the, your local maize farmer is going to look at the price of maize on the Chicago Board of Trade, or corn as they call it in America, and say, "Well, the international price is this, so therefore we're going to sell it to the millers and the supply chain at the price that is prevailing internationally." So prices are still going to go up, even though we've got security of supply in the short term. Yes. Yes, so that's what we think the result will be, higher higher food prices, higher inflation. However, I think it's important to note in South Africa as well, a couple of things do happen. You know, there, there is... Um, 
quite possibly government will put in price controls or staples and those are basic food items whether it's bread or of course maize and you know if we battle in terms of wheat imports there also is quite likely to see um, consumer substitute between food uh, different types of food items you know staples so obviously if bread becomes too expensive you often see consumers substituting into maize and other um, areas of food and of course as well as I said um, while we will likely be exporting quite a bit of maize. We'll obviously be consuming a lot in South Africa as well. And, you know, when you move into a crisis situation, particularly, Lindsay, if we move into a um, World War III type of situation, which is not that far removed if Russia attacks um, any of the NATO ally countries, then, of course, you know, you really would expect to see some quite strong price spikes. And um, I think in those situations, governments around the world would look to bring in um, supports to their countries, whether it's fiscal supports, monetary supports. I mean, we may not see that the, the, the strong upward hiking cycle people were expecting this year for the Federal Open Market Committee, the US, or indeed in South Africa. And of course, as well, if we move into a global financial crisis, there'll have to be monetary supports, but also as well, you know, in terms of food prices, you often get um, governments bringing in food con- price controls. You know, if we are producing grains such as maize and we are obviously selling them at exorbitant profit, government could step in and reduce the profits that people get for, for the domestic maize consumption. So that there, there still are avenues to work our way through this crisis, Lindsay. You know, we, we don't need to panic and think all is lost unless of course, you know, we see some foolhardy decisions made. Yeah, and also I must say that in in the past there have been certain retailers that have uh, stepped up to the plate and kept a price cap on certain staple like, staples like loaves of bread. Uh, but this is not a consumer podcast. It's, uh, it's something bigger than that. Just tell me about the RAND, Annabelle, because it's been so beautifully behaved, despite the fact that the dollar is so strong and despite the fact that it's risk off in other asset classes. Yes, so I think we're seeing a lot of stability in our currency, really amongst the top five with the Brazilian real, the Colombian peso, Chilean peso, Peruvian sol, and of course the rand, as I said, you know, really doing very well um, because we are a key commodity exporter. So let's not forget, you know, that we are a major exporter of metals, prices, minerals, prices, coal, um, for example, um, and of course, you know, many food products as well. And very high commodity prices do help stabilize the rand. We also, of course, have the fact that we are obviously geographically very far removed in South Africa from the conflict that we are seeing in Eastern Europe. And of course, as well, we also found ourselves in a situation where, even though it's been largely ignored, (laughs) we did see some improvement in the budget that came through recently as well. You know, government trying to make more of an effort to reduce its debt levels, to get its spending under control, to um, try and aim for a stabilization of the credit ratings, which I think we've achieved. So, you know, a number of factors where South Africa has made some good gains. So in all in all, you know, South Africa probably is not seen to be a very bad investment place at the moment, if obviously one is still searching for yield. But I think the key point here, Lindsay, there's a lot of uncertainty globally. We don't know which way this war is going to swing with Russia. We don't know if the invasion, which is expected now to be you know, much lengthier than, than was originally anticipated, if it if it gets worse, if, if we obviously see other countries getting involved, what will be the end game here? All of those are key concerns. And I think, you know, countries that are geographically, you know, well removed may see some benefit. But let's also bear in mind as well that we cannot underestimate the supports that the, the RAND does get from commodity prices. Annabelle, I hope our next chat is uh, on a more optimistic note. Thank you so much for your excellent analysis. Annabelle Bishop is the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.